Welcome to America's Top Rebbitons. May this class be for Rafua Shalema for Eliezer Raphael Leid Benemuna. I'm grateful to have on our show today, Rebbiton Shifra Chesler, the Rebbiton at Aish at Penn State University. I think it is so cool that you're a Rebbiton on a college campus. You are in a wonderful position of helping college kids connect with Judaism and their Jewish traditions. It's such a unique opportunity. And I want to see if you can please tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do. Okay, so there's a lot here. Um, so interestingly enough, I grew up in a bit of an H family. Um, my father started H in the UK, um, probably close to 30 years ago now. Wow. Um, so I grew up um, with, you know, kind of a cure of lifestyle. Uh, we always had lots of people over um, for Shabbos. You know, I, I never, never knew he was going to be there. Um and yeah, I, I never imagined that I would be doing something like this. This was never my plan. Um, we're, you know, I'm going to speak more about this later. Um, but I, I, I'm, you know, I, I was always interested in therapy, um, psychology. Um, so yeah, so this, this was, this was never really my plan. Um, so I grew but like I said, I grew up in the UK. Um, I got married to uh, my husband, Daniel, um, and we met in the UK and then we actually moved to Israel for a few years when we got married. Um, and my husband was studying in Rebekowitz's Kolel. Um, and it's, um, it's a smicha program. So it's a program, um, that, you know, you get smicha, you become a rabbi. Um, but it's also a cure of training kind of, kind of kolal. Um, again, the, the main reason I sent him there, funnily enough, when I say I sent him there, I really did. I, I was very <laughs> keen on him going there. He was somewhere else when we got married. Um, but I, because I grew up in more of a cure of, um, lifestyle, um, the Jewish people were something that was, on, is, was something on my mind, um, even if it wasn't something that I was going to spend my whole day um, working with, working within the cure of world. Um, it was something that was important to me, um, having guests over, um, having people over. And I just felt like my husband didn't have that. Um, and I wanted him to kind of gain an, appreci an appreciation for cure. Um, not really go into care of, <laughs> but um, he went there um, and I encouraged him to go and he was, he was happy to go. Um, and at the end he was kind of like, okay, we, we got to do this. <laughs> we got it. We got to get out there. Um, we got to go help people. Um, so um, there was a rabbi Yehuda Appel. Um, he's an incredible person. He runs Aish in Cleveland um, and he really likes Penn state university. And he um, he came to, he came to a Berkowitz's call out to recruit and find someone, and that's really how we ended up here. Uh, we thought, why not? Sounds like a great place. Um, working with students, we thought we had a bit bit of an adventure for a few years, um, and we're here. It's definitely very different from living in living in Jerusalem, where we were in a community. Um, there's really no, you know, Orthodox community where we live now. So it's, um, it's different. It's very are you, different. are you like on the actual campus of Penn State University? So we live just off campus. Okay. Um, yeah, we live about 10 minutes from campus, but this whole, t I live in a town called State College and the whole town is kind of like a university town. Yes. Um, so, so what do I do here? Um, I mainly meet one-on-one -on -one with students. 
Um, I, I, I like that setup much more than big classes. I like to really develop a relationship with students, mm-hmm. um, get to know them on a personal level. Um, and my husband does the same. I, I meet girls and he meets the guys. And we, um, yeah, we host Friday nights, we run events. Um, but our, our main thing that we like to do is just, you know, meet people, learn with them one-on-one, see how we can help them in any way, teach them more about Judaism and kind of just be there for them as our, as a Jewish family in the area. Very, very nice. Very, very nice. And, and speaking of meeting with people one-on-one and, um, you know, that's, that's a huge Jewish component, you know, to what you do, you help people get back to their Jewish roots and reconnect with Judaism while they're at college. And in addition to doing that, you know, you're also a mental health professional. So you meet with people one-on-one in that capacity and you help people deal with a variety of mental health issues, including depression, unfortunately. I mean, with all the events that have happened in the past two years, there are so many people that have fallen into a deep depression, unfortunately. And I actually know a few people like this. And all they say to me is, I just want to feel normal. I just want to be normal. That's all they want. They just want to be normal. And I feel like a lot of people are experiencing this, especially in these times. And I want to see if, you know, people want to, people really want to feel good mentally. They want to be happy. They want to be vibrant and productive members of society. And I want to see if maybe you can give us some advice to our listeners who are currently battling depression and what they can do to help get themselves out of the darkness that they're in. Okay. So this is, this is a big one. Um, Definitely a lot to say on this as well. Um, Okay, so let me let me go through a few things. You know, you, you you said a few things over here. Yes. Um, number one, the way people say, "I just want to feel normal." Yes. Um, I would say, you know, there's no such thing as normal. Um, we think one feeling is normal and one feeling isn't, but at the end of the day, um, normal is just what we think of different feelings. Um, n- as human beings, we're going to feel different things and it doesn't mean anything. Um, Now, I have a very different approach to dealing with depression, dealing with anything from a mental health aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, I practice something called the three principles. Um, It's also known as innate health. Um, It's different. It's very different from traditional therapy. So the way I would see depression is an expression of where you're at, not who you are. Interesting. Okay, so even if you take it from a Jewish perspective, and this is something that I really very strongly believe in, that human beings at the core were souls. Um, You know, we're souls and bodies. And what that means on a more practical level and a level that we can understand is that there's no such thing as anyone who's broken. It's not possible for a human to be broken. Um, It's very possible for a human to feel very down um, and those feelings are real and we're not making them up, Um, but we're whole, we're always whole. And we, our, our wholeness, our happiness, our mental health, our emotional health, is always there and it's not possible for it to disappear as long as, long as we're a human being. Wow. Now, what happens is, is that um, 
we get very strong thoughts which come with very strong feelings um, and we don't realize what they are. We don't realize that these are transitory thoughts passing through our minds um, because they, you know, they're strong and they're intense and they throw us off course. And we suddenly start to feel like, hey, where is this coming from? Um, this is the new me, so to speak. There's something wrong with me because it does feel like there's something wrong with us when, when those thoughts are on our mind and we struggle. We really, really struggle. But to me, that struggle is more, is, is coming from a lack of understanding of what's going on in our mind rather than there's something wrong with us. Okay, interesting. And wow. Mm -hmm. By definition, um, what's not broken doesn't need to be fixed. Right. Okay. So we're not broken people, we're whole people. And we have always been whole. We will always be whole. Whole meaning we're full of wisdom. We're full of happiness. We're full of everything we need to thrive and enjoy life as a human and connect to others. Um, but through our misunderstanding of thought, we get very caught up in our heads and we innocently take everything very seriously. Mm -hmm. And that's where the struggle lies. Right. But it's not helpless. It's not helpless. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, not at all. It, to me, all it takes is for us to really catch a glimpse of the fact that we're okay within. We have that wisdom. We have that mental health. Um, and start to see that this depression, this, these feelings of depression um, are, are feelings that come and then they go on their own um and the more we see that they go on their own the more we stop worrying so much about them like if you think of a time where you were feeling really down um feeling really upset about something and and if you're human you definitely would have had this time and then you think of a time afterwards where you you started to feel better you wouldn't really be able to pinpoint exactly what you did to make those thoughts disappear. Right. I think that's why people struggle, struggle because they really want, like, what can I do with my negative thoughts? They really want to get out of this mood, that this funk, that this depression that they're in. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so my answer to that is going to sound like an annoying answer and it's going to sound like a helpless answer, but I'll tell you why this, this isn't helpless or hopeless. Okay. okay? Yes. What can you do to get out of the depression in the moment? Nothing much. Okay. 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 <laughs> now here's why that's actually good news. Okay. Because that means to me, we don't have to work. We have, we can stop working so hard to try and make ourselves feel better. Okay. That's a relief. Meaning that we get uncomfortable with feeling down because we think that's a problem. We think that as a human, I should never be feeling down. Yes. Right. If I was mentally healthy, if everything was okay with me, I'd always be happy. Now, it's simply not true because the way the way humans are made is that we are mental health, meaning we're full of wisdom, we're full of happiness. That's our default. Yes. And then we go through thoughts and we get very caught cool up there and we get very stuck there. 
Now we're told that we need to do something and we need to do something to get rid of those thoughts. So then we start working really hard to try and get rid of the thoughts. But to me, what, what tends to happen is, is that it makes us more stuck. Right. Now we fight off the thoughts, the more stuck we get in them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when we start to see the truth, now, again, this isn't, this isn't a method. This isn't a technique that I'm giving people. This is a, um, to me, this is just the truth about how we work. And when you see this to be true, um, things start to naturally get easier. Okay. When we see the truth in the fact that we are not our thoughts, we are not those depressing thoughts. They're thoughts that come and give us a strong feeling and then move on. Because like, like I was saying before, if you think of a time when you were feeling really down and think of a time when you felt better, right? You wouldn't be able to tell me what exactly happened in order for those thoughts to move on mm-hmm. because it's not our department. Now, again, that sounds like bad news, but it's good news because we can, like I said, we can stop trying so hard to feel good. We can stop worrying so much about ourselves, and trust and see and see the truth in the fact that we're okay no matter what. No matter what happens, no matter what's in our, on our mind, our mental health never disappears and we can trust that. So even if we're feeling down, even if we're feeling down, we can trust, we can, we kind of just have to hang out with it. <laughs> start to be, we, we start getting comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. Right. That's tricky. That is tricky. Now I'll tell, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. I know that this is possible for people Okay. because if you think about this in a, in a physical sense, meaning that if you get a cold, right, it's very uncomfortable. Yes. We don't like it. For sure. And if we thought that it was up to us to get rid of it, we would try very hard to get rid of it. Yes. Now we understand and we know for a fact that we have an immune system for, you know, I'm, I'm talking about healthy people. Yes. We have an immune system um, that's going to fight off this cold. Right. Hopefully, right? yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, in the moment, it's uncomfortable and I don't like it. And I really wish it wasn't there. But hey, it's not up to me. I didn't do anything to bring it on. And I can't really do much to make it disappear. So I'm just going to have to get on with my life with this cold. Right? Right. Yes. Now, to me, it's the same. It's the same when we feel down emotionally. Interesting. Okay. We are we kind of like, we caught a cold, a thought came, came to us out of nowhere, right. nothing to do with us. If it was up to me, I'd always be happy. Always. For sure. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> For sure. The fact that I feel down sometimes means that it's not up to me. Right. Um, and so I can't, you know, I, 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 I have this, this thought on my mind and it's bringing me down. Um, but me knowing that it hasn't got anything to do with me, I stopped feeling so bad about it. I stopped trying to fight it. And I, and I, cause I know that there's more to me. I know that at any moment this thought will disappear and I'll be back to home base. I'll be back to myself. There is such an interesting strategy, actually, you know, not fighting it, you know? Yeah. We, we all get negative thoughts. We all get unhappy thoughts, all of us, everybody. And the more we fight it, at least, you know, I can speak for myself. The more I fight my negative thoughts, the more they stay with me, the more they attach themselves to me, the more they grow. And the more, because I'm paying so much attention to them, I'm kind of feeding those thoughts and they're becoming like monstrous, huge, negative, depressive thoughts. Right. If I can acknowledge the thought and say, yeah, you know, listen, this is a negative thought. This is not a good thought. I don't want to be having this thought, but, you know, just to acknowledge it, it's there and then not fight so much with it. It 
eventually, like you said, like eventually like a cold, it goes away. Goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Now this can also, I just want to add in, this can sound like um, we can sound like denial, being in denial about what's going on in your mind. And and I, I wouldn't say that at all, because I also believe that if there's, if there's something about ourselves that needs to be dealt with, um, something in our life that needs to change, mm-hmm. something like that, it will come back to us, but from a better state of mind, um, it will make more sense to us. Right. For sure. For sure. No, I definitely understand what you're saying. And that's, um, so it's interesting that regarding depression. And I want to also bring up another thing. A lot of times when people go through depression, they're also going through stress. There's a lot of stress, chronic stress going on. It's a very big challenge for people. People are stressed with work, they're stressed with their kids, they're stressed with their husband, or they just have a general feeling of stress and unease over everything that's happening in our world today. There's just a lot. People are stressed and overwhelmed from everything going on. And I want to see, maybe you can tell us how people can navigate through the stress without letting that stress consume them, without like giving in from being so overwhelmed by the stress. Yeah. Okay. So this is, to me, in a way, it's all the same. Mm-hmm. it's thought coming up with different feelings okay okay mm-hmm. so um, a thought can bring on a depressing feeling and then we feel very depressed a thought can bring on a stressful feeling True. and we feel extremely stressed yes. now again we're not making that up it's real yes. those feelings are real um but the pro to me the, pro- the problem is where people get lost is that we understand the world we see the world as outside in meaning that it's my work that's making me stressed okay it's my family it's my friends it's my spouse it's my kids yes and as long as that's true there's not much we could do about it right because (laughs) we're not you know unless you're you you want to change something every okay so you could leave your spouse your kids you're kind of stuck with right (laughs) your work like it's as long as it's true that your stress is coming from the outside um there's very little that we could do okay right um but now here's here's how you could see that it's not actually coming from the outside. We live, we live in what's called an inside out world, meaning that whatever thinking we have in our mind in that moment, that is our experience of life. Yes. Okay. So if we're having a stressful thought, our experience of life in that moment is stress. Yes. Now it's telling us that that stress is coming from the work or coming from our spouse or coming from our kids, but the only place we can ever experience anything from is our thought in the moment. Our own thought, our own internal thought. Exactly. That's very powerful, actually. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, I don't want people to take this and start to blame themselves. Right. No, no, of course not. No. <laughs> right? Because it's not up to us. Like I said before, it's not up to us what thinking we get. If we if we could choose, we would always be happy. For sure. Yes. Right. Now, the reason that we have all this thinking in our mind is because it just, that's called, it's called a human experience yes. rather than there's a problem with me. Interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's called, I'm going through a human experience, a human feeling of stress right now, because I have a lot of thinking on my mind that's coming with very stressful feelings. 
And as long as that's on my mind, I'm just going to be stressed. Right. Yeah. And so we might as well start getting comfortable with that. Now, the more we see that to be true, what starts to happen is, is that the stress stops looking so serious. Okay. Okay. We start to see that I'm stressed because I have a lot on my mind and that's okay. It doesn't, again, it doesn't feel good. I'd rather it wasn't there, but it's kind of like that cold. There's nothing wrong with me as a person. There's nothing wrong with my life. It's that I have a lot, I just have a lot on my mind right now. And as long as everything on my mind is giving me a stressful feeling, I'm, I'm going to feel stressed. Right. Yeah. And I really wish it wasn't there because it's really inconvenient because I have a lot to do. <laughs> right. But I'm stuck in this stress. But it's, it's not me. It's not who I am. And at any moment it can leave me. And knowing that at any moment it can go, any moment it can go, um, makes it okay. There's so like, I'm, I'm taking a pause for a minute just to think about it in my head, because it's funny that you should mention colds. My son actually just had a cold this past week. He got it. It came on suddenly. He got it. You know, he had a little bit of a fever, just a little bit, you know, we just didn't feel well, nothing serious. It really was not anything serious. You know, it was a couple of days, his, he was congested and then it went away, but he just like kind of went on. Yes. He, he rested in bed. He took medicine and but he kind of like did his own thing in the house. He did his homework. He read, he played video games, like all the normal things that kids do. And then it was gone. And it's so interesting that like you're, this is a great analogy for the thoughts, for the depressive thoughts, for the stressful thoughts. Like they come, they come in just like a cold. They're with you and then they go. And you don't have to, I don't want to say you don't have to stress over them, them but like you don't have to really yeah. spend so much time thinking about them and dwelling on them. Right. You right. know? Oh, it's, very, it's very, very interesting. I really like the cold analogy. It, it speaks to me. <laughs> great, great. And, and I would, I would, I would almost, go, I was, go, I would go as far to say that almost the reason the cold leaves us is because we trust that it will. Right. Yeah. You know, we're not driving ourselves crazy about it. It's not on our mind. We're not worried about ourselves. Right. somehow we get very worried about ourselves, and, and we we start thinking oh this means something about me it means something about me as a person and then we start trying to get religious about it and and um you know <laughs> think what musa we can give ourselves and what i could learn and this maybe means a lack of betachan and and we we go we go we go in all sorts of directions just giving ourselves a really hard time for something that's not in our control right it doesn't mean anything about us all it means is that we're human and we go through human experiences of thought. And like I said, as long as you're human, that's going to be your experience of life. And our default is that we're okay. We're good to go. And then we get lost. Um, you know, a very simple analogy of that is the sun and, and the clouds, right? We are the sun, meaning we're always shining. Right. Always. That's who we are. Um, we have so much to offer in this world. We're, we're full of happiness. We're full of wisdom. We're full of well-being. That is who we are. That is our essence. That's we're, we're a soul. We're, we're, we're just shining beings. And then the clouds come and cover that up. Now, what we know about clouds is that they're temporary. Right. We're not worried the sun has disappeared when the clouds come. But if an alien came from out of space, we'd be like, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> How do we get these clouds out the way? Um, there's a problem here and they might start stressing about that. 
to me, that would be the same as stressing about the fact that we're stressing. Right. And I think that a lot of our stress, um, a lot of the stress comes from the stress about the stress. It's so interesting. It's like you pile one on top of the other. It's the stress yeah. and then the stress about the stress. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In the name of trying to help ourselves, we end up hurting ourselves a little bit innocently. I can, I can see how that would be. Yes. Yes. Um, so then I wanted to see if, you know, I want to ask about this. So we talked about depression and we talked about stress, but you know, those are things that are going on in our heads, really. Um, I want to ask you about dealing with difficult people and challenging relationships. I mean, it could be a boss who's yelling all the time and demands perfection. It could be a husband who's always complaining or even a kid who's particularly difficult to handle. I mean, dealing with difficult people is, it's, it's difficult. It zaps your energy. It leaves you upset and aggravated. And I find that these challenges are often due to miscommunication. You're trying to communicate and convey one thing. And the other person receives a completely different message entirely. And it's so frustrating because you're trying to say one thing and they're getting a com completely different message. So I wanted to see maybe what are some of the strategies that we can use when it comes to dealing with difficult people? Okay. Um, difficult people can definitely be difficult. Yes, for sure. <laughs> um, um, especially when you're you know, when you're in a job that has lots of different kinds of people or you're in a big family, mm -hmm. um, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna come across that. Um, but I'm gonna go back to what I was talking about. And, and this is, this is something that I stick to because I think that the understanding of the mind comes into every aspect of life when it comes to relationships or comes to ourselves. Okay. Um, so like I was saying before, we're whole people and this isn't just us. It's everyone around us. Right. Everyone around us is also full of wisdom and well-being and happiness. Um, now, every, pe people around us can also get stuck in their thinking. Right. Thoughts come in and give them a hard time. So they get stressed. Yes. And they get worried and they get anxious. Mm -hmm. Now, if you think about yourself, when you're in that state of being, when you're in that state of stress um, or just feeling down, feeling self-conscious, whatever it is, um, we're not the nicest of people. Could be <laughs> right? You're right. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, our best selves don't come out when we are lost in thought, when we're stuck in something. And when we see that about ourselves, we start to see that in other people. Oh, and we start to see that this person who's, who's yelling at us, this person who's judging us, this person who isn't appreciating us, um, it's not personal. Okay. They are lost in some thinking in their mind that is giving them a really strong feeling about something that is coming out as yelling at you, right? Now, all you're seeing is that yelling. All you're seeing is that someone isn't appreciating you. Yes. But if you look behind that and you see, well, this person must just be having a hard time in their, in their mind. They're, they're, they're seeing something to be true that just isn't about themselves, right? They're very lost. Now, you can understand that because this happens to you too, right? For I also sure. get lost in my head. Yes. I also get stressed and this is how I am. And 
what starts to happen is like I said, you start to see the innocence in other people. You start to see this isn't personal. This is them having a hard time. Okay. Right. And then they become that much easier to deal with because when you get personal about something, you get lost in your head as well. And then you're not operating from your well-being. You're not operating from your wisdom. True. Have I, have I lost you here? No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to take it in because I'm trying to relate it to myself. I'm trying to relate it to my own situations and like really honestly put myself in the situations when I'm mad, when I'm upset, when I'm frustrated, you know? So yeah, no, it's making sense what you say. Yes. I think a prime example of that, I, I think the closest relationship anyone ever has is, is in a marriage, mm-hmm. right? Um, now in a marriage, you're, you're, it's, you really, you love the person, hopefully <laughs> you really care about the person. Yes. Right. Um, but it's probably someone that you also end up arguing with a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, when you see what, what you know about the person is, is that you, you know, all the good things about them. Yes. Right. And you've seen them at their best mm-hmm. and you know that at the end of the day, they're a loving person, hopefully. Yeah. Right. At the end of the day, they, they care about you. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're getting lost just like you are (laughs) at the end of the day, they're human. Right. And so when you stop taking them, so when you stop taking their upset so seriously, so personally, it becomes a lot easier to deal with. That's, that's what I think the nugget is. This like, is yeah. someone, yeah, this is someone who's loving, who's caring, who's mm-hmm. lost in their mind. Yeah. Rather than, oh my goodness, what happened? They changed. Now they hate me. They don't care about me. They don't love me. It's just not true. Right. It's yeah, not it's- who they are. It's just where they're at right now. It's such an interesting way of seeing it. I think that you're right because I think when, when somebody's yelling at you or somebody's, even if they're not yelling at you, even if they're complaining to you, to, if they're complaining in your direction, a lot of people take it personally. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, what did I do? Am I inadequate? Like, is this my fault? Like, they're really trying to figure out why is this person so disappointed in me? Why are they yelling at me? Why are they so angry with me? Why are they upset about me? Like, what's going on? I do feel like that people tend to take it personally. But if you don't take it personally, like you were saying, you kind of almost remove yourself from the situation so you could see it more objectively and not get so sucked into the argument. Be- right. You know, because like when somebody's yelling at you sometimes and you have a tendency to yell back at them and it only escalates and gets blown out in proportion. But if you can be the person who can just say stop, you know, in your head even, just you stop, take a step back, you know, mentally, just take a step back and say, oh, you know, this person is having a hard time. They really, they have chaos in their head right now maybe they need a little bit of sympathy or they need a little bit of compassion, or even if they just need a little bit of space just to, to vent or just to talk, eventually, if we don't, if we don't come at them with, with our defense, no, but I didn't do this. I'm not wrong here. You know, if we don't come at them with like, you know, with our shield, then they will have a chance to calm down because it takes two to tango. You know, the other person can't fight with you if you're not fighting back with them. Yeah. Yeah, that's 100% true. Yes. I, I, would, I would just say on that, that you don't want to use this as a technique. Okay. okay? We, we love tools and techniques, but I think in the heat of the moment, it's very hard um, to use all those beautiful tools that we have. 
Um, so what, what I would say is, is that rather than try and tell yourself it's not personal and try and take a step, if you can, that's great to be able to take a step back. You want to see the truth in the fact that it actually isn't personal. Okay. Meaning you want to see that they're shouting or they're upset or their, their, their lack of appreciation is coming from their thinking, not you. You want to see that to be true. And the reason I'm saying this is, is that we get very caught cool up in trying to tell ourselves things, mm-hmm. but sometimes it backfires because sometimes it makes us feel worse, like oh, positive thinking. Okay. <laughs> you know, because sometimes, you know, I, I think your average person these days, um, we live very blessed lives. Yes. Right. Everyone can find something to be thankful for. Yes, for sure. No matter who you are. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that in the heat of the moment, when we're really upset about something and we start thinking of everything that we can be thankful for, sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't. And when it doesn't, we can start to feel even worse about everything because it's like, and look, I'm so unappreciative. I have such a beautiful life. <laughs> I have, you know, I have these incredible kids. I have an amazing husband. I, I, but I'm still feeling down. What's wrong with me? Right. <laughs> right. And, and I think that that's where we spiral. So we want to try not to use this as a tool and just start to see whether it's true or not. We want to get curious about this and say, is it true that it's not personal? And someone shouts at me, is it true? Let's see. How does that work? How do I work when I'm upset with someone? Is it personal to them or is it just me getting lost in my thinking? When I say things, is it really true or is it me in the heat? We want to start to see how things work. And so, so that we naturally it starts to make sense to us that this isn't personal rather than telling ourselves it's not personal. And I think that that difference is all the difference. That's key. You're right. Yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. That's, you gave us a lot to think about for sure. A lot to think about. And I really, really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rabbits and Schiffer, for taking the time to join us on America's Top Rabbits. And we really enjoyed having you here. And we hope that today's learning will be for Rafua Shalema, for Eliezer Raphael Lebenemuna. If anyone in the audience has any questions or comments about the podcast, or if anyone would like to sponsor a future podcast, please email us at atrebitsons at gmail.com. That's A-T-R-E-B-B-E-T-Z-I-N-S at gmail.com. Thank you so much. With pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome.